Hi, Nick. Hi, Jess. Happy it's not quite June yet. Happy it's still Taurus month? No, it's actually Gemini season now. Oh, it crossed over? It's still our birth month. It's it's the it's the emerald season, but we're in Gemini territory, which explains a lot of the tumult a lot of people are going through right now. I'm feeling it. Yeah? I'm in a tornado. Tornado. A tumult tornado. A tumult tornado of... Is it tumult or tumult? It could be both, right? I mean, I think I've always said tumult, but... I, I think, think I've I changed to tumult m- lately. And so, okay, another question. Is it scenario or is it scenario? I think it depends on how you use it in a sentence. Okay, so, so the, give us an example. So uh, there's this one scenario where you and I do a podcast t- together, right? Okay. Um, in one In one alternate universe? <laughs> yeah, there's a scenario where we do a podcast together. Um, in another scenario, <laughs> you say scenario and I say scenario. Uh, no, I'm trying to think of how that would work. Uh, here, here's an example. Like my name is an example of this. Um, I, uh, I am Nick Masu, but I'm a member of the Masu family. Mm. I, I caught it. Yeah. It's, those are two different sounding things. Yeah. So depending on how I use it in a sentence determines how I pronounce my last name. So what does, is there a meaning to Masu or Masu? Like not, not the difference between the two, but is like, are you of a tribe, the Masu tribe? You know how like, if you are like a, a, a Smith, you, you were a, your family was a Smith at a time, or is there something to that? You cannot find the meaning of Masu on the internet. I have tried. It does, it's not out there. And there's no um, oral history of that either in your family. No, all I know is that Masus have generally come from Homs, Syria, um, and that there is a fair amount of them in Homs, or there was at one time um, during the war. Homs did not fare so well this past few years. Um, but I know that the, the actual pronunciation of my name is Masuah. 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 So like there's a guttural thing at the end, masua. It's not a ch, it's an masua. Uh, so it's a breathy h, masua. It's to, in the Arabic language. There's like three different ways to say h. So anyway, so so I remember like an old Arab man saying to me, "Your name is Nicholas Masua," you know, um, and I said, "Okay," but I've always was known that my name was Masu because my parents are from the Midwest. My dad's from Ohio. And my mom's from Michigan, so, oh. we're, the Ma- so we're the Masus. Okay? Kind of like, do you want a bagel? <laughs> or close, yeah, close, yeah, or measure it. <laughs> think, think more. Think like pop. Pop yeah. always gets me into Michigan. Pop. You want a pop? Um, so, so Nicholas Masu, and it seemed a little bit of a long eight. Masu, Masu. But I, for some reason, and my brothers will say Masu. But my father is adamant that we are masus, huh. masus, to the point to the point where he he did my wedding and he drew a line in the sand while while officiating my wedding about how I mispronounce our name. Oh my goodness, that's yeah. embarrassing for you. Not at all. It's embarrassing <laughs> for him because he's <laughs> mispronouncing his own name. <laughs>
Nick, did you take a shower today? I did not. Oh, I really needed to. I really needed to. It's really gross. It's been a crazy day, but I went swimming. So that's kind of like a shower. No, it's not like a shower at all. I got wet. <laughs> There's a lot of different contexts wherein a human can get wet and even be dirtier. Uh, the pool has chlorine in it. And I believe chlorine is a cleanser of a high degree. It's not great for for a human, though, in high doses, right? Yeah, you probably should rinse when you're done. Yeah, I think that's probably right. But but I think you're going to be okay for the occasional chlorine dip. You know what's yeah. really great, though, about the Turf Chopper 3.0? Hmm. Whether you are clean or not, you can shave your balls at any time or shave your hair at any time. Can you? I mean, I didn't, I didn't couldn't know you? This. Yeah, I think so. I think we don't, we can normalize. I think one of our goals in this podcast is to normalize shaving your balls at any given time when, when it's your, it meets your fancy, you know, as opposed to just be, one time. There should be no shame in taking care of it down there. I think so. I think that's right. If you could, what shape would you etch into, into your area? <laughs> what if you could? Like, you know, some women like do hearts or they call it a landing strip or something. If you could, mm -hmm. would you curate like a shape? Oh, if I could? Yeah. If you I wanted can. to. Okay. But this one, you know, I can, right? There's, I know there's... you can. I'm trying to be tactful. <laughs> it just operate off the possibility that maybe I couldn't. I'm not making uh, assumptions in life anymore. If I could, what would I, what would I do? Um, well, I wouldn't be so egotistical to put my own initials. Um, maybe, maybe, um, would I put a cross in the name of, the name oh, of good God. Oh, <laughs> God. Oh. So having it be a cross and calling it the Holy land is not. Wow. It's, is, it, I don't know if it's tasteless or, uh, controversial, you know, I don't know. Kind of like hyper pop. Is it actually, is it a joke or is it brilliant? I don't know what hyperpop. Exactly. Is. We're going to talk about that in our podcast today. Uh, That's just you testing me. Great. It, it really was. Uh, but I will say this. I think I smell a little bit. So right after we're done with this podcast, I'm going to go use my bubbles and things soap to get clean. It's just what I'm going to do. I need some. Can you send me some? I definitely can. What kind of smells do you like? Um, all sorts of smells. You know, I love a good lavender or um she yeah. i use her cornflower it is mm. my absolute and i'm a big lavender person i love lavender and her cornflower soap is my absolute favorite and what i really love about her soaps is that she makes sure she gets like the best smell she has a very sensitive nose so she wants to make sure that if she's going to get a, a smell it's one that you a person will enjoy and not get like sick of mm. Did did you live in the era of smackers of the smackers chapstick? Uh, You're probably chapstick. like in late high school for you. Ooh, I don't know. I so, was in the era of what time is it? C -c -c Carmex time. Oh, you know I, mean? I don't even know that. <laughs> you don't know I mean, Carmex? I knew was well, I know Carmex. I know people were like addicted to Carmex. But I've never heard that Carmex commercial that I can remember. Yeah, unless I'm just making it up in my head. That's how I remember Carmex. It, it could be a Carmex commercial, and you could be very confused right now. It's possible. Yeah. 
probably not. But Smackers had like Dr. Pepper or like cherry or like, like it was like the flavor explosion for chapstick. And it would make me sick if someone's like, hey, can I, I, I really needed chapstick all the time. And I would use someone else's chapstick or whatever, which God forbid nowadays, right? But it, that the smell of those things and the taste of them would make me sick if I hadn't eaten lunch yet. So of smackers of these smackers chapsticks. I know just, just one of those weird memories that I have. And that's a long way to say <laughs> the scents from bubbles and things. Soaps will not make you sick. Mm, that's pretty great. important. That's if you're going to wash great. yourself with something, you don't want to be, you know, <laughs> you, you want to smell good. I know, you know, you don't what? Be queasy afterward. Oh yeah. You want to, you want to be as clean as a baby's bottom, which probably isn't that clean. Uh, so if you're interested in any of the products that we are talking to you about, go to smoothmyballs.com slash YDKN pod and get your turf chopper for 15% off or go to bubblesandthingsoaps.com and use the YDK Nick code and you can get cornflower soap. And Nick, I will give you one of my soaps. I will gift it to you so that you oh. don't just have chlorine on your body. Thank you. You're welcome. Thank you. So welcome to the fourth episode, Nick. Oh my God, it's four already. It's four already. You're a big boy now. Oh my God, I'm a, I'm a podcast veteran. <laughs> nah, not at all. No, no. <laughs> <laughs> not at all. This is like where people like make or break, right? Like there's every now and then you'll see, oh, that looks like a cool podcast. And they stopped posting in March of 2017 you know like Mm. like what they promised they were we're gonna watch every episode of every muppets babies cartoon and you know they stopped midway season one it's it's a hard thing to keep up let's put it that way i have one of those that i haven't even started yet which is how hard it was to keep up i have a friend who like is super you know knowledgeable of marvel movies you know all comic book movies but marvel in particular we were talking about and i again it was a situation where i don't know anything <laughs> i know i don't know anything and he's just amazed every time he's like have you seen this movie i was like i don't i don't know but i like i mean like i like marvel movies i like comic books movies and all that stuff but i don't know anything about it so he explains things to me after i watch a movie he goes oh well that's because of this and this and that and i was like this is a podcast <laughs> now Jess is having flashbacks of when I pitched her how I don't know anything about life and then we should make a podcast about it. I'm not having flashbacks about that. I'm just, I, what I think is so funny is how often people are like, this is a podcast. And also you don't know this about me because it really in reality, though we know each other, I don't really know Nick and you don't really know Jess. Like we're getting to know each other very well and I'm very happy about that. It's a great, yeah, it's a great side bonus to this whole thing. A hundred thousand percent. Until about two and a half years ago, maybe three, I had not watched any Marvel movies beside uh, Iron Man and, and one of the Guardians of the Galaxy. So I have a friend named Hector Navarro who took me by the hand and gave me all of his DVDs and Blu-rays and said, you're going to fucking watch each one and in this order and you're going to enjoy it. So that, cause I, cause I too was out on a limb, not knowing anything about Marvel, never having read the comics, liking and like Iron Man enough. Cause I, I'm a huge Robert Downey Jr. Stan, but so what I did instead of podcasting it, I live tweeted the majority of my, viewings 
Oh, yeah. oh, so you've done it. You've gone through the whole cycle, which is like hours and hours of viewing at this point. Hours. And I rewatched them all midway during the pandemic, too, so that I could get ready for. Here's the thing. The reason why I did that is because I actually really, really enjoy them. So it, it doesn't feel like grueling work. I, I I had an idea of what they were and I didn't think they were good. And then by the time like Infinity War and Black Panther and Endgame were like about to happen, I was like, am I missing out on this huge cultural thing? And it turns out I was. And I, I don't give myself a lot. I don't have FOMO anymore. But uh, when you think about something in our generation, especially that has like the biggest cultural impact as far as movies are concerned, Marvel is that. Yeah, and I mean, they've done such a great job of creating this whole universe and it's fun and and, and uh, they, you know, they're doing it much better than others. Um, but it's, if you're not, if you haven't caught up, you're screwed. I mean, I would love to watch Infinity War and Endgame, but I'm like, do I wait? Do I watch some other ones? I mean, my buddy has made me several lists. One is the extensive list of like, here's the order, watch these in this order. And I'm like, I'm not gonna have time to do that. Okay, what's the smaller list? And it keeps getting dwindled down. And now he's like, just watch Infinity War and Endgame. It's fine. I'll tell you what happened. I'll and he's not on. he's not wrong. But but <laughs> but let me ask you this. Have you watched more than one episode of a TV show within the last two weeks? Yes. You can watch a movie. You can do that. But we think we can't because we're so used to watching snippets of things or like just episodes. You can watch a movie. I understand, but uh, it doesn't satisfy my uh, current craving for really horrible television. Ooh, so you're a trash TV person? Well, sometimes, you know, sometimes we'll go through some really bad reality television and just love oh, it. God. Like we just watched two seasons of Are You the One? Like Netflix has been pumping this on us. Apparently it was on MTV in 2014, I think. At first we're like, this is dumb. And then we make it through the first episode. We're like, no, no, this is cool. <laughs> what's what's, what's going to happen? I do think for people such as ourselves, which is creators and storytellers, there is something nice about watching something that is just so far off the map of, intense storytelling and just really like watching someone destroy their life. It's, it is, it's kind of a nice mental break where you don't have to do too much work and just it gets swept up in the manufactured drama of it all. Oh yeah. And then you can do like, you can multitask and catch up on your emails. Totally. You don't have to give too much brain space for it. I mean, the circle on Netflix that satisfied our, you know, dumb show got to watch what happens next experience. But I'm going to tell you the ultimate, and if you haven't gone down this road, and it, it's a it's a it's a long road. Love Island. Oh, I can't. Not the American version, because it's garbage. The American yeah, version, and those people are garbage. Garbage, garbage. The British version, mm -hmm. and it is a delight. I'm going to tell you season three and season four. It's probably all you need to watch. It's like 50 episodes a season, so. <laughs> buckle Shut up. The fuck up. Are you kidding? Buckle up because it's in it, from what I understand in the UK it's like it's like a national experience. It's like they wow. it airs every night for 2 months. Wow. Like or every weekday night and then every like Saturday it's like a recap of the week. So it's it's you wow. know a ton of 
it's a ton of episodes, but it is awesome for a couple of reasons. One, they're British, so they're not they're not Americans. You know, Americans they get on reality television because they want to be famous. You know, they want to win money. The Brits are a little bit more sincere. They're a little bit more like, yeah, I want to I want to fall in love or I want to have this experience, like the Great British Bake Off. It's like, right, what do you right. win other than the experience of baking and having fun and learning and, and all that stuff. It's a, so it's a totally different attitude of the people who are on the show. However, the people that get on the show are like, you know, gorgeous yet very dumb. I see and, that's the part that I think I can't handle. It's because I just don't want to watch people that are prettier than me. Like that hurts. <laughs> when you see how dumb they are, <laughs> it makes it better. When you see how tight the jeans the men wear, I mean, it oh is. Oh my goodness. They gracious. are wearing the tightest. It's totally jeggings. It's totally like thin, stretchy jeans. <gasps> it's amazing. But then what really puts it over the edge are the accents. And it's, you know, it's act different accents throughout all of England, mainly. I don't know if there's any Irish or Scots in it, but so you have like, the people from Essex, or you have the people from London, or you have the people from, you know, Northern England. And it is, sometimes you just got to read the subtitles because you have no You have to have, it sounds like you have to have the subtitles on. Yeah, totally. No, they give you the subtitles when they know that you're not going to understand. <laughs> that is incredible. That's incredible. That's actually a commentary in and of itself. It is. I mean, if you want to go deep dive, if you like a good reality television show, season three or season four of Love Island is I'm going to give it I'm going to give it my stamp of approval. I want to put my own credibility on the line. Yeah, say, no, no, no. I don't think you have any credibility. So this is fine. Yeah, it's great. Yeah. What am I giving up? <laughs> really very little. <laughs> this, very little. Uh, this makes me do, want to have a deeper talk about this as it pertains to Gen Z and us, because I wonder if because reality TV shows in the early aughts were such a big thing, I wonder if we are more ingratiated towards them than maybe the younger generations. Because we had a revolution of hating them because that's all there was, like during the writer's strike and stuff like that. But I wonder if kids, when they were growing up during that era, love reality TV show for that reason. Mm -hmm. Um, don't care about it or I, so I really want, I want to do my research and see where, where that falls or, or is social media, their reality TV show. You know, uh, I wonder if it's something that's unique to our generations. That's a good question. Well, I mean, you know, my generation is real world. I mean, did you watch real world? Yeah, 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 yeah. I, I would yeah. say real world was the drop in for most people. Right. And well, you probably, was wasn't it Seattle? Was it the first one? I thought it was New York. It could be know. New York. That's probably right. Uh, but that was the first reality television show, wasn't it? Basically? Uh, I don't think that's 100% true. But I think as far as commercially successful, yes. That was so good. It ended up getting bad, but the first couple were just... But so then bad. they started re recognizing that, that the, the bad was what we wanted. And then that's where you get, you know, Jersey Shore and shit. Which I even enjoyed. I thought... I, I I really thought it was cool to hate things that people liked. So I was like, fuck Georgie Shore. I don't like that shit. And then I'm like all in and no one else is watching it. You know, it just, it's fantastic, but it's also no, trash. let yourself love the garbage. 
let yourself do this it. This was 10 years ago. You know what I mean? Like I'm, now I, I I watch whatever I want to watch. Grey's Anatomy is considered garbage by some people. And then because I love it so much, we have a fantastic improvised TV show that we do because mm-hmm. I love it. I'm not ashamed of that. No, you shouldn't be ashamed of Grey's. I'm not. But yeah, like, you know, yeah, I do like my fair share, but perhaps it's fair, more fair to say I'm not in a place in my life right now where I care too much about reality TV show. Zuh. Yeah, I, you know, I don't really care either. It's just when you have a child and you're just tired at the end of the day, you just want to have something on that takes literally no effort and appeals to this sort of like sort of base entertainment. I don't, you know. No, I, I completely don't. agree. And I actually am struggling with it's kind of why it was nice to watch all of the Marvels recently because I don't have to put too much attention onto it and I could do yeah. other things because I had already seen them. But now TV shows that I'm watching and catching up on are like Handmaid's Tale, um, that requires your attention. And, and you know, I usually watch TV while I'm eating um, and because I very rarely sit down for like seven episodes at a go. Um, but, but I can't just have TV on in the background unless I want to uh, unless, yeah, I don't know. I don't have TV that I'm interested in right now that can be on in the background. So I can see it's draws for so many different reasons. Let's calibrate, Nick. How are you feeling about being really old this week? I mean, you know, this has probably nothing to do with what we talk about, but uh, I've... I've felt very disconnected from my body as we start to feel like that's when you start to feel like an old person where you're just like you get up from your chair and you go Ugh. like to get up from your chair you gotta sigh you Ugh. <laughs> that's that's when you start going oh shit oh shit so i'm starting to take some some efforts to reconnect my burnt my <sighs> head to my body sure you just made me take a big deep breath because i think it uh, would is that um equate equatable to maybe not being 100 percent present or is there a lot on your mind or it's definitely not being present it's also i think taking things for granted which you can do so easier when you're younger when you get older you can't you can't like yeah you could go you could be unaware for periods of time and it'd be fine but when you're older and your body needs it needs more attention and care um and it's also uh, it's been it's very symptomatic of having a child and and basically your your sense of the moment is is usually not about you it's about, ah. it's about somebody else so i've developed a lot of bad habits well that's interesting yeah cuz there's a great i feel however you might feel about jada pinkett smith which i think it can't can't be much more than positive but it was really awesome watching a clip of her talk to her mother and to her daughter about how important it was for her to focus on herself so that she could be a better mother and a better daughter. Mm. And that it might be viewed as selfish, but really she's better able to serve the more she takes time for herself. So are you, are you, do you think you're doing that? I know that you, might feel like you don't have a lot of time. And it seems like you guys are like in go, go, go mode right now too. So, but like, do you have anything that's for yourself that 
that's just no. yours? No. Could you build that in? No. Okay, great. <laughs> no, so I let's mean, just let's just let's just get. I'm trying to get you to cry right now. Is is what I really wanted. I I could build it in if I was able to get up early in the morning. You got to really want else. that though. You got to. Really but then want I it. yeah, you got to really want that. And but then also, my wife is a light sleeper, so. If I wake up, she wakes up and oh. she can't go back to sleep. So huh. I can't wait. It's, it's, a, it's no, it's, it's just, I, it's just finding moments throughout the day where you can go, oh yeah, let me just reconnect with my body. Let me, uh, let me sit up straight instead of slouch. Let yeah, me totally. My, let, me, let me keep my alignment up, you know? Yeah. I think that's. I think that especially when you're in go mode or survival mode or like you're right, living for someone else, like to make sure that little thing stays alive. It probably is in the little moments that that reconnect you, keep like remind you that you're alive too and that you you deserve to be happy. So I think this podcast could also be a little Nick moment. It is totally, totally. Great. I'm try I was trying to goad you into saying that too. Jessica, thank you so much for doing all this work for the podcast. It's true. It's true though. No, no, today was a was a day where I was like, man, uh, I am, you know, tired. I'm beat. I just would like a little time to myself. But I got to do this podcast. And I was like, oh, but you know what? I'm just going to feel good to do the podcast. So, so yes. So I'm sorry I didn't say it, Jess. No, I, it's, I it actually am. I'm, I'm totally, I'm, it's fine. Thank you. I'm, I'm just glad you said it of your own volition. It's fine. Uh, but, it, but it is important to me that that I do that I if I'm going to create something a I want to be there too sometimes it feels like oh god I fucking have to do this but uh it's important to me that um it never feels like it's a job even though it might be right like mm. the environment of it should be fun so I hope it is fun and, and it remind I, I it never is fun I will remind you that this was your idea Gonna, we're gonna try a new segment out or we're gonna we're gonna drop you into something and I want to I, I don't know how you're gonna do I don't know if this segment's even gonna work but it's called hyper pop name or baby name okay and but you're not gonna explain to me what a hype what hyper pop is yet so you do know what hyper pop is because we played it and a hundred gex is part of that oh okay so it is a style of music that's really taking hold has uh, uh, it's also changing really rapidly, but you could think of it in like, in if you hear like super high, almost inhuman vocals and like bass that's blown out and like, like basically pared down pop. It's very interesting. Okay. Yeah. And okay. I, I like it. I do think it's really good. I, and I've only begun to dip my toe in. So we're going to just see how, see what you know. See if your instincts are even on. Yeah, this is all about instincts here. Yeah, we're going to okay. see if your instincts are on point. Uh, all right. Dude, have you heard the band Ash X A12? Oh, wait, wait, a... wait, hold on. Have you heard the band X Ash A12? Isn't that a, that's a baby name. Ooh, good job. Whose baby name is it? Is that Elon Musk's baby it name? It is. Good job. That I know. You do know that, uh, and also it's spelled with like, it's it's yeah. spelled not how it sounds. Yeah, yeah. Okay. Which might have thrown me for a second. I was like, is that the name? It kind of sounds like yeah. Yeah, yeah. No, we got we got there. Okay. Buddy bear. 
Now, I'm gonna go. I'm gonna go band name only because it really does sound like a baby name. It's a baby. Buddy Bear Maurice is a baby name, <sighs> and the parent that you will know is Jamie Oliver. Jamie Oliver. Wait, that's old school. Who's Jamie Oliver? That's yeah. He's that... that that cook that cooking guy. The guy who talks about fast food or whatever. Was he also on MTV back in the day? Is that Jamie? Is that a Jamie Oliver? Probably. I don't know. It's a guy. He also yeah. has children named Poppy Honey, Daisy Boo, and Petal Blossom. Whoa! You could have used any of those. That could have just you could have just done a, a whole bunch of Jamie Olivers. This is true. Now I got to look up Jamie Oliver. No, you can do this later. Just put down your fucking phone. Okay, keep going. Oh, uh, the next name I have for you is Alice Gass. Alice Gass. I'm going to go band name. Got it. You would be correct. And they are from Denton, Texas. From tech from Denton, Texas. Denton, Alice Gass. That's Alice Gass is from Denton. Alice. Well, there's a lot of gas in Texas. I get a lot of oil down. There. I, yeah, definitely because these bands band names mean something. Totally. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Eight four eight five. Eight four eight five. I'm gonna go band name. Very correct. Yeah, yeah. Come on now. <laughs> doing doing good. Uh, okay, next one is Yo Yo. Yo-Yo, that's a baby name. It is! Ten girls were given the name Yo-Yo in 2017. <laughs> we also, I mean, is that like Yo-Yo Ma? It's spelled, yeah. it's spelled, yeah, I guess you could say, I, you know what? Who am I to judge? But do you know Yo-Yo Ma? I know who Yo-Yo Ma is. Okay, okay. I don't know <laughs> that they do, or if that was the reason. The next name I have for you is Angelus. Oh, that is a band name. Good job. Yes. I feel like I've heard that before. Angelus. Yeah. And had I not heard it, I probably would have guessed the baby name. Fair. So. Fair. The next baby name I have for you. Oops. <laughs> <laughs> okay, wait. We're going to reset. The next name I have for you is Food House. Food House? Mm-hmm. Oh, man. If somebody named their child that, uh, that would be... That would be torture. Someone should call Child Protective Services. I'm going to go band name. Good job. Band name. The next name I have for you is Glaive. Glaive? Glaive. Glaive. That's a baby name. It's, it's uh, a band Ke- name. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> is that Celtic or? Uh... Uh, a glaive is a pole arm. Yeah. So it's it's like some sort of weapon. Uh Let's see, but it is also a hyperpop band name. Glaive. Glaive. Uh, a couple more for you. Hellzell. Uh, what's the spelling? Hellzell. H e l l z e l. That's a band name. It's a baby name. What? Come on. Someone liked the name Hazel, but wanted to change it, and so they made. Hell's hell. And they have no problem with the word hell in their child's Most name. Most people don't. I mean, people- In people, their child's name? People named their children Damien and things like that. Yeah, but that's whatever. I mean, it's ah, not- Hell's hell. There are worse, I, I, that's, that's how these people, we don't know what they believe. Great. 
<sighs> Last but not least, Pilot Inspector. I'm going to go baby name. You're right. It is Jason <laughs> Lee's baby. Pilot Inspector. <laughs> the best part is even Hyperpop. So from what I'm understanding about Hyperpop, which makes me sound so old to say it like that, uh, there is a sense of irony that they're putting forth and commentary in in their uh, music and in like the the messages they're putting out there, and, and there's like a really cobbled together, like fresh feeling. Anyone can do this, but also a lot of artistry going into it. And so it's I thought this would be good with baby name. And you did pretty good. I didn't keep I didn't keep I didn't get points for you, but you did pretty good. I think you did all right. I think you did all right. Um... What's your takeaway? What's what's your what's your snapshot of that experience? Well, I will say the baby name thing is in a, you know, I don't know if people have always been this adventurous, but it has been over the last 15 years, it feels like. People have gotten really adventurous with baby names, but who knows? Maybe it's just we're just more aware of people's baby names than we have ever been. But We are, and that it is something specifically that the millennials are leaning into, into is giving really creative, unique baby names. Uh, so that it does seem to be a cultural generational thing. Well, also traditionally baby names were very religious too, like based on your religion. Which you know. was something that, yeah. Cause like you're Nick because of St. Nick, right? My, my family intentionally, my parents intentionally named all their kids after saints. Yes. It's, yeah. Is there a St. Blaze? Is that a real thing? St. Blaze? Yeah. I've never heard of it. Okay. Because my Could father's be. brothers and sisters for the most part were kind of named biblically as well. And I think there is a St. Blaze, but there's uh, Luke, Noah, Guy wasn't one, but my dad's Guy. So they just wanted, hey, Gay, what's up? <sighs> And he's definitely that. Uh, and Blaze is another un uh, uncle name, but it's pretty pretty cool uncle name. And there's also my uh, my aunt Jude. So there's mm. some cool biblical names there. So yeah, there there was. I mean, also that is myopic through one religious lens, right? Um, but it does seem that people like to to name babies names that are. Uh, not out there, right? Or have, have been tried and true and tested and what have you. Mm -hmm. But I think yeah, millennials I'll... really want to make their baby feel really unique. Yeah, and I think like, you know, a lot of, at least in America, you know, a lot of, a lot of immigrants will try to, in the past, name their names very American sounding because it was more about blending in and being a part of, you know, it was more about blending in, whereas it's now it feels more pot. about, yeah, more about standing out and being an individual and being, having your own expression. Yeah. And, and so that I do want to ask this and if you're comfortable sharing, are, are, are you third generation? Because you said your parents are from the Midwest. Were they born here or were? Yeah, it depends on what you, how you define generations. Great. So I would say I'm second generation, but I think other people might say third. Um, 
My second generation, born- meaning that they were born here and you were born here. Correct. Right. Yes, but my grandparents, most of my grandparents were not born in America. Yet. Gotcha. Gotcha. So, yeah, that would then make sense that you're not getting handed down a, Le- a Lebanese surname or a Lebanese first name, right? It You're more like American than you are. I mean, I, I don't want to oversimplify anything. Yes, but all of my brother's names translate to Arabic. So there is a Nick in Arabic. There is a, you know, with, I think it's in Kula. There's oh. a, there's a Paul in Arabic, which is Bulos. There's a John in Arabic, which is Hanna. So they, yes, you know, we don't have like, we're not named Khalil or, uh, you know, uh, Malik or Tamar, you know, you know, some of these other ones, but, <clears throat> but there are, you know, the Arabic versions of these names. So yes. it's not a hundred percent for lack of a better term on my end, whitewashed. It's, you definitely have like your roots intact with that as well. I mean, somewhat, I mean, my parents are more, would be more lean to say that they're Christian than they are Arabic, even though we're, you know, you know what I mean? Like if you're there were to identify with some sort of cultural identity, it would be Christianity. So that that's, what's more important is that all the kids were named with Christian names and they have Christian names too. And it, what is, what's important to you? To me? Mm-hmm. What do you mean? In terms well, of what, what, family. how do you view yourself? Uh, where do you fit in? Oh, 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 like how do, what do I identify myself in? I mean, I guess if it was a choice between those two, it would probably lean more towards the ethnicity, but um, I don't think either is my primary identification. I, I think I would tend more towards he, being human. Oh, wow. You're so diplomatic. I would, you're spiritual, wouldn't you say? Yes. Yes. That's where that comes from. Is that what I more identify with what, what, uh, what is similar within all of us as opposed to what is different. Yes. Totally. Beautiful. I love that. Uh, and, and one last thing I want to ask Clem Clementine, that is a unique name. It's not, not, I mean, it's not a out there name. You didn't invent that, invent that name, but Mm -hmm. what did that mean for you and Sandra? That's a family name. So that is Sandra's grandmother's name is Clementina. Oh my goodness. Yeah. And so, so we want, we like, you know, there's other names we thought of, but at the end it always felt like that was the right name. Uh, We like, we like uh, honoring our, our familial lineage. So she's named Clement, you know, Clementine Tekla, which is my mother's name. Oh, how beautiful. I love that. So, Tekla's not common. <laughs> it's not common. Not common. But she was a she was a badass saint. I think she might have been the first female martyr saint. Yeah. That's she's, pretty crazy. She's pretty badass. Um, well, thank you for sharing all that information with us, Nick. Next time we'll ask you for your social security number. And wait, wait, before we get off this topic, if you had a baby right now and you got to choose the name of it, what would it be? Penny. Penny? Mm-hmm. Wow. Should be super is, cute. Is that, is that from... Is nothing. Like a, nothing. No? Oh, Isn't well... A classic cartoon character named Penny or There or, is. Or a so Inspector character? Gadget's child yes. was named Penny and I loved that. Is. And there was also a Penny in... 
um, Pee Wee Herman that had Penny for eyes. She was like a little claymation that I really oh. I loved Penny. Um, and I just, God damn it, I think I'd have the cutest fucking Penny on the planet. I really do. I really do. Well, now would it be short for Penelope or yeah, just Penny? Yeah, Penelope would be, would be the primary name. And I would be okay if she wanted to be Penelope. It would be fine. But I do, I think P- Penny is what I really want. And um, Paul, I, I dabble with because of Dune. And I was named after Jessica in Dune. And she has a Paul in that. So oh. I, I, I kick that idea around every now and then. Bulos is what we would say. Bulos. Yeah, great. Well, Bulos is great. Actually, it makes me m- more sold on the idea. Also, I haven't met a Paul that I just am not in love with. So it's really easy to name a kid Paul for that reason. Yeah. Pauls are pretty good. Is Paul your favorite brother? Ooh. Favorite. You know, Paul and I are, are we're pretty close growing up because mm. uh, we're close in age. Um. So we, and we're very similar in terms of our sort of spiritual and political leanings and our social leanings. So, so yeah, um, I don't, ha- you know, I'm going to take the, I'm going to take the stance that my, my mother has, which is I don't have a favorite. I love them all the same. It's fucking um, lie. It's a fucking lie. And you're her favorite. I'm, I'm calling it now. <laughs> you're the baby. I was, I was, I was her favorite. You're the baby. Of course. Uh, awesome. So I got some news for you. I wonder if you happen to come across this. Okay. Kim Jong-un has banned mullets, skinny jeans, and nose piercings. Because what? of their capitalistic influence. Mullets? Mullets. What? I mean, skinny jeans and, and nose piercings, sure, fine. Mullets? So there, there's also a huge crackdown as as could be expected on K-pop bands because of of how in in probably their very socialist mind capitalistic that can seem you know mm. uh, so th- they want to close off all are, entry points with that kind of stuff. So are I wonder K-popers if, do, doing mul- are they doing the mullet? That's what I wonder if if I just haven't uh, I, maybe I'm not aware of that. There are now officially only 15 haircuts that they're allowed to have. Wow. And I, and one of them is his horrible style. Right? Uh, I mean, I imagine that's right. And again, that's subjective, Nick. What's subjective? That his hairstyle is horrible. No, it's not. It's completely <laughs> objective. There's no argument about it. Tell me one person other than him who thinks his hair looks good. And you can't have anybody from North Korea say it because they will be feared for their life. But This is true. This is uh, true. Oh, I, I, I'm just saying it might be the only hairstyle that actually works for him. <laughs> but I just think that's interesting that he's they, they know enough about what's going on here besides the mullet stuff that's super out of touch that skinny jeans are like well it's so actually it's kind of he's like millennial he's like wait i can't wear skinny jeans anymore because gen z says i can't fine we're outlawing them <laughs> but it, but it, I, what don't, it's, I don't think he i don't think he could ever fit into skinny jeans no he can't but we're also no. not going to make fun of his weight because we, he could be made fun of for anything else besides his weight we're not gonna we're not gonna fat shame him i wasn't making fun of him i was just saying a matter of fact okay right? that's right i just wanted to get ahead of the problem before it happened Look, that's all I can't wear skinny jeans, okay? 
anyone can wear skinny jeans. No, no, no. Um, I mean, I've tried, uh, but my proportions don't allow, my thighs just don't allow it to happen. My, my thigh to waist ratio. Um, my, I don't, my mother, pro- I don't proclaim to understand what your birthing hips look like, but I have gone into a Madewell and someone's like, you're going to want the curvy. And I'm like, you're going to shut your mouth. And I go put on some skinny jeans, high-waisted skinny jeans. And she went, oh, so you might just have this a bad idea or someone might have just made you think that you can't wear skinny jeans. It's pot. The high-waisted, maybe maybe that helps. I don't know. Um, now, when I was little, so like you were talking about curvy. When I was little, I was I would go to the husky section. That's what they called it for people my size when I was young. Oh, yeah. Let's bring him over to the husky section. No, shut up. Oh, yeah. You? Oh, yeah. No, no. I was no. a large child. You're, you're, you're little. I, I, I've worked on it because I was a large child. I wasn't overly large, but I was large enough to wear, to wear husky pants. Okay. And to be a lineman on the football team uh, in fifth grade. I love this. I have, I'm, gonna have- I'm forever have the uh, the emotional uh, composition of a large child. I don't want to say the phrase because apparently it's probably not a good a phrase. A kid. There, yes. Yeah. No, you can say that because we don't want to. Yeah, you're allowed to ascribe as fat. We we do this thing where we're afraid to say that someone is fat because if if we're we someone can be fat and that not be an offensive term so there's like a, a like taking that term back and not letting it be calling someone fat as a as a negative thing so if you were a fat kid that's okay i think i think that's how that goes. Right. i just you know i don't know you know i'm a guy i look we've established i don't know things so i just didn't right. want to say the wrong thing uh but yes I- and i'm willing to be corrected in this too but from what i understand someone ascribing themselves as fat is not a negative thing and if you were fat as a kid that is okay too oh yeah that's a fat kid and just con- i think i'm like i so if if then if we're like thinking about stereotypically how fat kids were or like how i what other people have said like there's like a lot of insecurity that even if you lose weight it's still, you still take that with you. You seek validation from others. You also are, have a self-deprecative sense of humor because you're used to making fun of yourself before other people make fun of you. Um, so you're so basically, are you saying that you have like this residual insecurity around that? Yes. Yeah, that's what it is. You know, when I went to when I went to high school and I started I started losing weight because I started rollerblading back when it was okay to rollerblade. Uh, I have rollerblades. <laughs> Other people got rollerblades during the pandemic. I'm, I'm Is it coming back? Because I'll, I'll dust it's them back. off. I'll dust them off in my closet. It's back. Oh my God. Um, but no, there were, there were like, I remember this one girl that I like, I, I thought was, you know, gorgeous. And I just, I had a huge crush on her and I was very, you know, yada, yada. But never in a million years did I think she would ever think anything about me. Come to find out later, after she was with somebody, that she liked me too. It's like so. It's like one of those things. I just never that thing has always stayed with me. That sort of like viewing myself as uh, less than not desired. Yes. Or yeah, and and that that does permeate to not just even sexual attraction. It does permeate also to just viability socially or for jobs or what have you. Because because 
while it isn't a negative thing to be fat, the stigma around it when you when we were younger or even now with people that aren't as educated, we're told that we're not as valuable if we're heavier set mm -hmm. or not like my father would look at me and say, you're looking thick in the thighs. And that's all I can see now. Mm. And like, don't be like every other fat American. <laughs> what? <laughs> what are you saying to me? I'm 12. <laughs> you know, like at the worst time too, when a woman is filling out at her young youth ages, I would say my insecurities don't stem from, they stem from weight in some ways, especially because of the career you and I both are in. And, and I vacillate in, in different weights usually, but I'm less insecure about that. But still, sometimes there's like some antiquated thoughts there, but I don't feel like I'm pretty enough. So that ends up getting translated into boys thinking boys don't like me too. Or I tend to, I tend, I don't know. There's so many, there's so much fucked up shit that my therapist really earned a paycheck on so. <laughs> <laughs> that we could just deep dive on another day. But but at the same time, the, I, my, where's your mindset now? How's your self-love? My self-love is high, but I, but I, but it, I'm forever. You're just, you're just forever. You have it. You know what I mean? Like, you don't think you I, can overcome that? No, you can, but it just, it just, it's just kind of like a present thing. You have to work at it. You have to be conscious of it. Yeah. Because it, it will, and you can work at it. You can change your sort of way of thinking. I have a lot over the years, but, um, but you you if you're not paying attention it, it creeps up like it creeped up earlier today um like just you know professionally in a conversation with somebody you know who has a higher status than me you know where i get in my own head about oh was i you know you know did i say the right things or was i you know was i you know whatever it is and it's just like it's just all bs none of that really matters um but but you have that you know and sometimes i you know I look at when you're an actor, if you want to be like a very successful actor, you need to have a bit of the, you need to have a bit of the X factor, right? And what the X factor is, is when you walk into a room, you own the room. Hmm. People go, oh, who's that? Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? Um, I don't know that I have that, right? So, and I think that comes from I'm like, where did the, how come I don't, you know, what, you know, how come I, I don't think it? I have that? And I think it comes from that because I think I walk in, there's always part of me that just it can't, it just can't reach that level of swagger. You know, I, swagger, yeah. I mean, I can, I can in moments. I am, I am now, I've worked on it. I'm, I'm good in an audition room. I can walk into an audition room, own the room. I know how to do that. I've worked at it. But really, like, to really have the X factor, you need to be able to walk into any room at any time, be you know comfortable within your own skin. And maybe it's all an illusion, but still, I mean, I've I've been around plenty of A-list actors to see it. Like I don't know how they carry. You know, there is an extra element of comfortable within their skin that I don't know that I have. Mm. Um, but which also lends me to be more like a comedian, which is why I love, love comedy. And I think that's why a lot of fat kids end up being comedians because, because we don't take ourselves too seriously. We're willing to, you know, make fun of ourselves or be silly in a moment to get a laugh because that's how we get our validation, you know? Right. But then you marry, that's, that's why I think I'm fucking awesome because I got funny 
because I thought I wasn't attractive. And then I grew up to realize I was actually kind of attractive. So then I was like this double whammy (laughs) of like, holy shit, she's amazing and funny and so down to earth. I feel like she could be my friend, but also my girlfriend. I want to play video games with her and go shopping. Like I just have, but, but I also need to joke about that too, because sometimes I just don't feel that way. And and you're right. I think there is something that I envy in people who are able to harness it. I think there's a harnessing factor. You, I think we all can have it, but it's learning how to harness it and use it. But I yes. think you're right that our insecurity can get in the way of, of us utilizing it. It takes work, you know, have self-talk. You have to learn how to take care of yourself. You have to learn how to love yourself. You know, this. It's all not, sorts of things. Yeah, all that stuff. All sorts of things. So we had a conversation off mic about Daniel Tiger. Can you tell me what Daniel Tiger is? Oh, Daniel Tiger is the best. If you have a kid out there and you're wondering, what can I let my kid watch? It's Daniel Tiger. Daniel Tiger is uh, from, um, oh my God, my brain fried for a second. It's from Mr. Rogers' Neighborhood. He had a little puppet. Daniel Tiger. And now what they've done is they've taken that character and now it's Daniel Tiger's neighborhood. So it's a lot of the elements that were from Mr. Rogers' neighborhood, uh, but it's an animated show and it's Daniel Tiger and his family. And it's just very good and wholesome. And they, they teach your kids really good stuff in a really nice way. And they kind of walk them through experiences they're gonna have in life. Um, the, my child sleeps on the ground right now because Daniel <laughs> Tiger sleeps in the sleeping bag when they go visit Grandpere. And so she was like, oh, I want to sleep like Daniel Tiger does. And so that kind of now is going to be our transition out of the crib into a bed. We're going to go pick out a bed. But for now, she's, you know, enjoying sleeping on the ground. We have a nice, you know, we have, she sleeps. It's like a nice little, it's a nice, it's a nice setup. It's a, it's a pad with a We don't think that you're abusing a... your your child. Don't, don't <laughs> worry. It. It's super cozy. I promise you, if you saw it, you'd want to sleep on the ground too. It's so, so funny. So the reason we were talking about it is uh, when I was your director for Heartbeats, one of the things I do to move us along or get people to agree whether they, you know, it's really hard to get seven faces looking at you blankly on a Zoom space to go, yep, let's go. Because everyone's like tuned out. And so I would say, what would I say, Nick? Meow, meow. Meow, meow. 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 I can't meow. even do it the way you do it. Meow, yeah, meow. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Meow, meow. Meow, meow. I don't even know that I have a way to do it, but meow, it meow. was so nice that it resonated meow, meow. with you enough. Okay, great. You got it? You have it? <laughs> I'm trying to find it. You just talk and, you're, and you would be finished saying something and you're ready to move on. You make sure everyone's with you and you'd say, meow, meow. Meow, meow. <laughs> something like that. But then we sometimes just... you just be like, I'm moving on whether you're with me or not. Meow, meow. Meow, meow. Yeah, like, like shuffle it aside. Meow, meow. Uh, so you thought you had me pegged as having said that because Daniel Tiger says it, right? No, Daniel Tiger doesn't say it. Daniel Tiger has a cat friend who says meow, 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 meow before he says everything, right? She, she, and it's after she says everything or does she say it before? I don't know. Either before or after or both. Meow, meow. Yeah. So there's a world where perhaps there's a world where perhaps I was influenced by it as watching Rob, uh, Mr. Rogers' Neighborhood as a kid. And maybe that's part of it. But I also stole it from a fellow improviser that we knew. And I also really like cats. So I just decided that, that was going to be my thing. And I'm just going to see a meow, meow, meow. But the reason why I'm bringing this up 
is, have you heard of purr? Purr. Purr. Mm, can't say that I have. You can't say that you have. You can say that you have now. Purr. <laughs> purr. purr. What do you think based off of that very short eight-second eight clip? What does purr mean? Purr is maybe a new version of rawr. Yeah, kind of, kind of. From what I purr. understand, it's like, yes, or... Uh, it's definitely approval, happiness, or excitement. Oh, and uh -huh. Miss Rolling Ray says it's how it's how bad bitches say period, like purred, like purred. So we have to be careful that we're not appropriating it, but it is a TikTok sensation. Which wait, 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 if, if you said, but that has nothing to do with a cat saying purr. It's like it's a shortened version of period purr. It can be both. I think. Purred. I think it's like what they're saying is, uh, it, it purred is different than purr, but like, it doesn't have anything to do with the cat. Except I want it to be known that I said, "meow meow" first. That's all I really. I just want to just want to go down in history uh, as having said "meow meow" first. Actually, you said it second because whoever you got the "meow meow" from, our fellow improviser, he said it first. Yeah, but I popularized it. I was like this early adopter. Got it. Got it. Do you know what I mean? Mm -hmm. Like yeah, he... I just, I just want to put it out there. Uh, there's a funny tweet. Oh, do you know who Little Little Nas is? Little Little Nas. I mean, yeah, somewhat. Not really. But oh, yes. so you know, so you kind of know who he is. He was on um, SNL this past week. He had a little uh, costume I... accident. Oh, did he? Yeah. <laughs> what uh, happened? He was like on the pole and his pants split, so he had to cover his 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 area. It split in the front, the way you're showing. It split me, in the front. Yeah, I'm not going to show it to you, but it's what happened. Wait, wait, and he was free. free I think. It? I think he. Yeah, he was wearing like leather pants, so I think there's very little. There wasn't a lot of room to have an extra layer down there. Yes. Sure, and leather pants. You want a layer of protection. I got if you can it. Get it. I got it. Oh, I mean, I don't wear leather pants all the time, so who knows? Maybe it was like lambskin. Lambskin was quite it was soft. Very well, it could've very well could have been. I'm could've sure. Been. I'm sure they just they were just tight, and when he, you know, split his. But if they split there, that means there was a seam there, and if you have a seam, that's gonna. Anyways, there was a lot. That, listen, it was it was charming. Let's put it let's put it that way. I hope he used the turf chopper. <laughs> me too. Me too. And the reason I'm talking about Lil Nas, besides that really fun uh, experience he had on SNL, he he tweeted someone that we know, Kelechi, uh, uh She sent me a tweet that he tweeted, said, and he said, just accidentally said "purr" to my father, <laughs> like "purr." <laughs> Can you give me a context where you might say "purr" to someone in your life, uh, or like improv improvise a, a line, improvise a scene with me right now? Provides a scene with you. Um, <laughs> I first my first image was was saying it to my daughter in some way. Like she wants to, uh, she wants a frozen pop. Purr. Like to, <laughs> I don't know. She. Uh, Purr. Uh, Daddy, can you know? Can you can you lie? Can you lie with me and help me go to sleep? Purr. 
No, it's not it. Um, these are this is a different application of perv. Like this is like for sure, for sure perv. But it feels like I'm not I got it. it. I got it. You can it definitely since we're on the onset of this being like new slang, you could probably put your stamp of, of approval on it and make it what you want it to be. I feel like I would say it like right on, but I'm I you know sure. that's that's because I'm not going to do it right. I just don't. Well, I don't know. Per is acceptance. Right on is acceptance. So, like, per, per, per. Yeah, yeah. That's when my boys are like, "Hey, let's go out tonight. Let's go. Let's go hit up that bar." Per, 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 per. That's kind of fun. Like, hey, oh, bruh, per, per, bruh, per, bruh. I think you. I think you could get shot for that application i you probably you're probably right and and deservedly so uh we'll we'll end end to this week's podcast sim- like talking about lightly uh how badly the uh gen z hospital sketch on snl bombed mm, michael che yeah you haven't heard of this Mm-mm. it's 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 so in line with what we're trying to do with this podcast which is just like to try and find out what is gen z and like is it is it labelable Uh, are we so out of touch that we don't understand it but uh it's 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 a really smart idea in that gen z because of you know general hospital like the like a soap opera but basically a bunch of people are talking like irreverently about like oh dude my bruh is dead. No, wait, my bruh is actually my mother, though. Like, so it, it's just a whole bunch of there. But then, like, M- Michael Che was chastised for appropriating like black vernacular, and it's not Gen Z, but it's black vernacular. And there is that like fine line between is it slang that is generational? And there's no, for lack of a better way of saying it, black and white answer to this. There's a very gray area. Do we want something to integrate culturally? And does that become part of the generation's vernacular? Or do you keep it over there and say, oh, that's that's how that's words for you that I can't say. It's a very, mm-hmm. it's a very interesting conversation. Well, that, that right have. there is very Gen Z. Those are ah. words for you that I can't say. Because to me, and I could be wrong about this, but that's definitely that that, that doesn't resonate with gen x for me with gen x it, i think it was more about everybody being able to say what everybody else says like that was good that people were saying what other people said because it it was at there it was breaking down the separation and i could be mm. wrong this could be just in my head like you know god only knows but you know i'm sure appropriating black slang at that time had its own sort of you know eye roll to it but i think there was also like making black slang more mainstream was also like Oh, uh, uh, an opportunity, I think, uh, in a diff- in a different way, you know, with the rise of of hip hop being of sort of a uh, entering into mainstream music, and that and and that culture entering into mainstream popular culture um, was important, you know, was it was an important uh, time in history, right? Whereas now right. it's like. No, no, you can say those things. We'll say these, you know, everybody can only say their own things, which I think is just, it's a pendulum swing. And it's fine. It's fine that that's what this generation is about. Pendulum's going to swing this way. And it's just, hopefully it's going to swing back. So right now it's all about like, 
what makes us different, what makes us unique, preserving our, our cultures, making sure that they don't get forgotten, um, making sure that they get the proper respect. But eventually it's going to swing back because that is not an end game. It can't be an end game. Right. Because that's not really the point. And so as long as we can find the end game where we're all living in the sort of the same, you know, we start focusing on what makes us the same as opposed to what makes us different. Um, but in order to get there, we have to appreciate what makes us different, which is what I think people start to get worried. They're sort of going like, oh, we're all becoming the same. And actually what we're all becoming is the same sort of one white, thing, same yeah. white way of looking at things. So let's. Which the system was benefiting in general, for sure. Like, yeah. I don't, I'm sure you remember this, but it keeps me up at night where I was talking to you about something with regards to white people or whatever. And you're like, Jessica, I'm not white. <laughs> and I was like, what? You are. But it, that was at a time where I I didn't differentiate like the white passing and stuff like that. I just didn't see your cultural side, you know, because you were assimilated in my mind. Yeah. Well, you know, I mean, look, by <laughs> depends on how you define white by certain definitions. I'm white by you know, by American census or, you know, checking off these, the boxes of your sort of, of your race. I'm white because there's, you know, they consider Middle Eastern to be white. Oh, um, I did not know that. Yeah. But, huh. uh, um, but I used to, but, but I, but I think, you know, I didn't, people don't look at me and say I'm white. I don't, you know, some people, you know, people do after a long period of time of knowing me, they assume I'm white, but I've lived a life of being asked, the question, where are you from? Mm. And I think when you're asked that, you're, you're not white, you're other. Where, where are you from? Mm. Mm-hmm. If you've never li- you know, if you've, if you've lived a life where you've always been asked, where are you from? Then that's, that's, a, that's an experience that white people don't have. Right. Um, yes. When you, when you live your life where people make jokes about your heritage and you're supposed to just go, yes, mm-hmm. I'm, Yes, let's make jokes about my, the heritage because I'm like you. I'm I'm white, so let's make fun of camel jockeys and ragheads. You know what I mean? Right, right. Um, so, uh, so yeah. So that that's where that you know, that's what makes me not white. But I'm I am very white passing. I do experience a lot of the privileges of being white. Um, so it's an interesting sort of sort of place to be. Yeah. I, and like I said, there's like, no, I, I agree with you with the end game thing because my version of feminism is a world where I don't have to talk about feminism. I don't have to say that I'm in an all female improv group. I don't have to say that I'm a female gamer or things like that in order to be diverse. Uh, I, I, I see the needing to do that in order to get to that place, it's frustrating. And obviously my struggle is a 10th of what other people are struggling with, but you're right that there does need to be like this extreme labeling in order for people to feel seen and taken care of and not marginalized in order to get to a place where we don't have to worry about that as much. Mm Kind of. We, yeah. I think, I think we still need. I think we will, even as the pendulum swings, we will always have to work at making sure that other people, that people that are other are not the cultural norm or whatever, aren't shunned or made fun of or treated poorly. But there needs to be like a huge 
massive uh, consciousness shift that I don't I don't know will happen unless we digitally upload ourselves to the internet. <laughs> Which is happening. I know it is. And we can talk about that a whole another time. <laughs> Do you have anything uh, that I don't know about this week, Nick? Uh, just that I, I did queue up the the OG D's nuts. I mean, and what is this segment? So so give us this segment. This is the uh, drop us in. Drop us in. Um. Hey, did you get that thing I sent you? What thing? D's nuts. <laughs> uh, now look that that version where I draw out the D's nuts. That's actually more culturally with my friends and how that came about. Oh, so you were wrong. Mm, no if you hear the original these nuts it doesn't go that far but no people used to no it it got it got pulled there it's kind of like what's that because <laughs> like no but like how people elongated it and it got crazier no but they did they did that in the commercials do you know that that was from a commercial i know it's from a commercial <laughs> which commercial from budweiser there you go, you go. yeah you got it you remember uh, so in this segment of Jess, you don't know Nick, you're going to play this for me. Are you yeah, ready? Yeah, this is just a flash. This is just a, you know, a call back to last week. Great. I think people let's do it. Let's see if you can hear this. I'm just going to play it on my phone. Just tell me if you can you hear it. Oh, and then that classic Dre sound. Oh, wow. Chronic wow. Album. That's like summer 2000, what? Or no. is it early 90s? <laughs> this is 92. Jeez. 1992. Wow. That was Snoop Dogg. That was Snoop? Yeah. Wow. You, if you really listen, you can tell it's him. Well, uh, I just didn't get a lot of rap induction as a kid. Like I know, I know the class, like the super commercial songs, but get um, that album. Start with get start that, with Chronic. That's just a shoulder. Okay, start I'll do with that. Chronic. Okay. I mean, look. I mean, sure. If you really want to go deep down to the hip hop, you gotta go. Gotta go before that. But that was that album. What really kind of, I think pushed hip hop even more mainstream than it ever had been. So, sure. Um, and made Dre into what he is today and Snoop Dogg as well. I mean, uh, there's nobody cooler than Snoop Dogg. He traverses generations for sure, right? He's just that he, yeah, he's just, he's the essence of cool. And like, I just feel like you could hang out with, anybody could hang out with him and he'd make you feel comfortable. He'd make you feel. I believe that, or he'd make you feel like an asshole if you deserve to feel like, like an sure, asshole. Sure, yeah, right? yeah, or put you in your place if you needed to be. Yeah, I mean, it's that is the persona that we 
get uh, uh, his public persona does seem to be that dude. You know, it's kind of hard to not disassociate. Well, I don't know what when you're putting music out there, that probably is a very accurate representation of yourself to some extent, right? Yeah, yeah, I think so. Yeah, for the most part. I mean, but, you know, there is still a, a performative element, I would say. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Um, but he feels he feels very genuine that what he's putting out there is who he is. He doesn't make any qualms about it. Um, but I think generally you could maybe stereotype hip hop artists as being very hard. You know what I mean? Mm. And I think he can, I think he can, you know, rap hard. But I feel like he, I feel like if you were in his, he's not the type of person to be hard with you face to face. Like that, you know what I mean? Yeah, I think that's interesting. Does he, does he, at a time where hip hop was, we're here, NWA, da 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 da, like really tough, gang oriented, like street rap and hip hop, does he start making it more mainstream by not necessarily being like front facing, um, hard edged? Is that possible? Like, I mean, possible, but I bet. At that time, I'm trying to think. At that time, he was he was like his persona was was pretty hard. Like I don't think you got to uh, see how cool, like not how cool because he was definitely cool, but like how maybe sort of vulnerable and accessible he was as a human being until later, until that wave crashed and he continued to endure this test of time, and you start seeing him pop up in sort of different places where you wouldn't expect him to be. So, right, right. You know, I can't think of him off the top of my head, but I mean, he's friends with Martha Stewart and Willie Nelson, so he's doing pretty good. Exactly. There you go. That's a great example, right? There's no pretense <laughs> there. There's no. It's like no, we're all people, and I want to experience people. You know, a hundred percent. Yeah, and that's a good. That is, I do believe, at the end of the day, the more authentic a person is, the more longevity they have. I'm sure asshats fall through the drain, and you know. They stay, they stay more popular than they should for longer. But someone like Snoop is probably a great example of probably at the end of the day, he's a good guy who's doing his darndest and just is, 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 is trying to do good things. Yeah. Yeah. And just be real. Probably. Nick, if someone, if you had a rap album, what would the title be? If I had a rap album, what would the title be? Um, now you know. <laughs> all right uh, for those of you that don't know uh we may or may not have an episode next week so i hope this will tie you tide you over until the following week where we will have an episode or maybe i'll just do one by myself or pretend i'm talking to you what yeah no yeah totally and that, and i was, was just gonna say and, and if you didn't know now you now know. you know oh goodness gracious bye nick <laughs> bye jess Thanks so much for listening to You Don't Know Nick podcast. Do us a favor and give a review wherever you like podcasts or give it a subscribe. And if you want to find out more ways to support our show, go to youdon'tknownick.com.
that was a JLV production.